Welcome to Emergency Medicine Cases Best Case Ever. This is Best Case Ever number four, which is in anticipation of episode number 15 on acute coronary syndromes, which will be released on the website at emergencymedicinecases.com in about one week. This time, rather than having one of our experts present their best case ever, I thought I'd present my best case ever because I had this really interesting case a few weeks ago. So this was a 30-year-old male who presented at 10 a.m. in the morning to my community hospital. He was waiting for an airplane when he had an abrupt onset of 10 out of 10 sharp retrosternal chest pain radiating to the left arm and jaw. It was constant. It was associated with sweating and nausea. There was no shortness of breath. It wasn't pleuritic. He had no fever. He had no risk factors for DVT, except that he had been flying about one week prior on a long flight. There were no aortic dissection risk factors, and the pain wasn't positional. In terms of cardiac risk factors, the only traditional risk factor he had was smoking. In terms of non-traditional risk factors, he was not a cocaine user, wasn't HIV positive, no lupus, no history of chronic renal failure, and no history of chronic steroid use. These are the list of non-traditional risk factors that I ask all my chest pain patients, especially the ones who are young and don't have any traditional risk factors. On exam, he appeared to be in severe pain. He was diaphoretic and pale. So I did the usual. I got him into our resuscitation room. We hooked him up on the monitor. His blood pressure was high at 176 on 126 and his pulse was a bit low at 42. The rest of his vitals were normal. The first ECG showed sinus bradycardia with no ST changes. I was starting to think maybe this could be dissection, so I did blood pressures in both arms, which were equal. I looked for a pulse deficit. There was no pulse deficit, and I listened carefully for an aortic regurgitation murmur, which can sometimes occur in aortic dissection if there's a retrograde dissection through the aortic valve. I thought, could this be PE, but he was bradycardic rather than tachycardic, and on exam, he had no calf swelling or tenderness. I treated him with ASA, 160 milligrams to chew, nitroglycerin, 0.4 milligrams sublingual, and IV morphine, 2 milligrams. Ten minutes later, I repeated the ECG. You can never underestimate the value in serial ECGs when looking for MI. And lo and behold, there were three millimeters of ST elevation in the inferior leads. So I got on the phone with our interventional cardiologist at the tertiary care center about half an hour away and told him the story. He said, yeah, send him over, but that sounds pretty strange to have a 30-year-old otherwise healthy man have a big STEMI. In the meantime, we did a 15-lead ECG to check for any right ventricular involvement, and there was none. And we sent him as soon as possible to the interventional cardiologist for primary PCI, with 600 milligrams of Plavix and IV heparin on board. I got on the phone with the interventional cardiologist a couple of hours later, and he told me his findings. When they did the angiogram, they found a big clot sitting in the right coronary artery. They sucked it out and found that his coronaries were actually pristine. There was no atherosclerosis. It turned out that he had a DVT that went through a big patent foramen ovale PFO in his heart and ended up in the right coronary artery causing the inferior ischemia. 
About 5% of MIs are caused by non-atherosclerotic causes. For example, cocaine can cause vasospasm-causing MI without atherosclerosis. One of the more common causes of non-atherosclerotic MI is a paradoxical embolus like this young man had. The good news was that he had an echocardiogram later, which showed no fixed wall motion abnormalities, was continued on heparin, eventually went on to Coumadin, and eventually had his PFO fixed. He ended up doing very well. So that's it for this month's best case ever. In about a week, we're going to have our big episode on acute coronary syndrome with Dr. Eric Litovsky, Dr. Mark Menser, and Dr. Neil Pham. That'll be packed with amazing pearls. Just a reminder that for all residents, students, paramedics, and nurses, access to all the newer episodes are free. You just need to provide proof of current enrollment in a program by emailing us at verify at emergencymedicinecases.com. And if you're a staff physician, then access to the full library is at the small cost of $150 a year which you can sign up for on the website at www.emergencymedicinecases.com. Until next time, take it easy. 